This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Josie. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam has man flu. Charlene is making all of the plans. And we interview a real live mom. Like a real mom. Yes, indeedio. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine. How can it know? I'm changing things up a little bit. Okay. Seeing as we are always getting our asses kicked and that's no way to start any weekend. Exactly. Plus also, if you think of life generally, when you get to the end of the week, you'll feel like you've had your ass kicked all week. So yeah. the answer is always going to be like, I'm getting my ass kicked. So exactly. good thinking. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know, you can tell me. You're, that's fun. We can talk about how we're getting our asses kicked. Um, but then you need to tell me how you're kicking ass. Oh, I like this. Oh. This this works for me. Yeah. <laughs> so in general, this week, how are you feeling? Are you getting your ass kicked or are you kicking ass? Start with that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still getting my ass kicked. <laughs> I thought so. So tell me how you are getting your ass kicked. I, I don't know. I just, I've hit a depro without getting too like deep and dark on you. I don't know what it is. And... I thought before this recording whether I should mention it or whether I should just brush over it. And I think you should mention it. Um, but the truth is we're real people talking yes, to real people. Exactly. So maybe if I share it, uh, there's a mom out there that's listening and she's like, Fuck, I also feel this way yeah. and I don't know why. Yeah. So let me just start off by saying I have no idea why I feel this way. It must be some hormone imbalance. I have no idea. Last week I started to run and I try to like look after like just be organized and do things that that can make you feel good. Just get those uh, the serotonin levels up a bit and and and. And then that makes you want to eat nicely and because you're gets ha- you more productive in general. Exactly. Yes. Um. So which was fine, but I think I also made the decision to get more active because I know that exercise helps when you start falling into that I've got a meh state of mind yeah and I suppose it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation I don't know which came first but to be honest it hit me last week already and I was just like soldiering through going we'll we'll kick this da 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 and this week I just didn't have that momentum I've no idea why I just when you wake up in the morning and you're like I don't want to live this life today not like not like I don't want to live. Not like I should call helpline for you now. Yes, no, not like that. Mm-hmm. But you know when you just wake up and you have this dark haze over your mood, like you cannot find the positive in it. I'm depressed. I don't yeah. know why. I'm feeling depressed. Yeah. I have no reason. My kids are amazing. My husband's fantastic. In fact, I told him how I felt and he's just even more fantastic because but he knows I feel isn't that Isn't that way. how depression hits? Yes. And then you feel shit for feeling depressed because you have no reason to feel depressed and then you get more depressed and it's, it's just a fuck up yeah. and... I don't know why, but I probably need to just go see the gynae, check my hormones, see if there isn't a hormone imbalance. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll make a plan. Uh, I know I don't have a reason to feel this way, but yeah, it's just the way I feel. And also just, I think, I hate it when people say this, but be kind to yourself. Yeah, like don't be too hard on yourself. I hate it when people say that because I'm just like, fuck, I need to still live and be a mom and be a wife. Mm. 
you know, yeah. over and above getting my head off the fucking pillow. Yeah. You know, but I'm saying that to you in that don't beat yourself up about feeling like this. Feel the feelings. Yeah. Feel it. You know, and and you are taking the bull by the horns. You want to go see the gunny. You want to, uh, you are aim to go run. You aim to kind of lift yourself up out of the pit. So it's cool. You're mm. fine. Feel those feelings and th- you're putting steps in place to kind of pull yourself out. I think you know? one positive, if I do think about the this whole thing that I've described to you now, is that I do know that this is not my permanent state of mind and I have also been here before so there isn't one thing that definitely triggers it so I think what makes me feel frustrated is that I can't find the thing that needs to change to fix it yeah which makes me realize that um it isn't one specific thing it's probably something else like a hormone imbalance or something but what did occur to me was that and I'm not saying that this is it but postnatal depression can hit you yeah. At any point after having yeah. had a baby. And Jess has only just turned one. So I don't and I also think that when she arrived, we were in a place in it's our lives. It's been a big year essentially. Yes. <laughs> and we were in a place in our lives where I don't know, we just kind of there's no time to deal with the feelings that you're feeling. You around had to this. soldier on. You just getting up and going. And I think maybe now we've hit a place where I'm doing so many things that's making me really happy in my life um, that I'm enjoying and I'm, I feel fulfilled. And it's terrible. It's like when you've been rushing, rushing, rushing and you finally get a quiet moment to sit and put your feet up, then you start getting the flu or yep. start feeling bad. Yep, or yep, yep. like. And I think that that's what's I'm, happening. I'm getting, I've got emotional flu. <laughs> emotional flu. I love emotional it. influenza is what I'm going to call <laughs> it rather than depression or postnatal depression. That's a thing. Depression. It's a thing. I believe it. I know Listen it to, to me true. in my medical terms. I love it. I love it. I'm writing that down. I have emotional I, flu, I, Sam. Okay. I believe you. Now, tell me how you're kicking ass. So I'm kicking ass because despite the fact that I feel this way and I did not manage a run or to eat healthy this entire week, cool. I did manage to pay, pack my son a beautiful little valentine's day picnic bag with a little valentine's day note i managed to get my husband something small and make him a little card a handmade little card it wasn't fantastic but i i made it it was something (laughs) yes and i am not completely falling apart yet so i do and i'm planning for the future like we mentioned um in our intro yes how so you're making all the plans yeah so i think also having learned from how i felt in the past if i do feel this way you just gotta don't let it consume you too much just don't ignore it but like keep keep your head to the ground and just keep doing what you need to do and um so i'm just i'm planning for the future because i know i'm going to get out of this hazy dark headspace this emotional flu at some point and then life's going to carry on so i'm working hard making plans for the future at work we're planning a, a trip away in september with some friends so yeah i'm trying to plan out here ahead so that we can see when we can take time off to just recharge our batteries so that's so important so we don't just dawn our force for the rest of the year and yeah. roll with the punches yeah so yeah okay i um am to getting my ass kicked let me hear it um and that's why i was just like i need to find how i'm kicking ass we need to do this so the week started off with a peed appointment for elijah 
And he's doing well. He's hitting all the right notes. He's speaking so nicely. He knows um, his numbers. He knows how to count. His weight and height is fine. And his shapes and colours are cool. Except he might be colourblind. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> oh, my God. Except for this tiny insignificant <laughs> detail. I don't think he is because it is quite um, early. Hold on, Wait. Back up? Yeah. Why do you say he might be colorblind? Okay, because he mixes up red and green. Oh, so and he's not mixing col- up he's colors. He's mixing up, mixing those, up two. those two, which are the colorblind colors. And then when I brought it to the pita, I half expected it to go, no, it's really way too early. Stop. You're going to drive yourself mad. And she didn't. She tested his colors and and asked him a bunch of different colors, which he like said. And then when he got to green, he was like, yes, that's green. That's green. That's green. Green, 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 green. Gets to something red and he didn't know how to answer her. And he knows red. So she then said, okay, go see this. She referred me to a pediatric ophthalmologist. And for some reason, Raina keeps saying, it's not a big deal. It's just good to know. But people live with color blindness all the time. Mm. It's not a, an issue. But of course, as a mom, no, you do. You feel, feel a bit emotional about that, obviously. And then, so the Peter, the earliest Peter appointment we can get is ten thirty. That's kind of when she's finished doing her rounds and she starts. And um, we finished there at eleven thirty, and he wanted his dummy doo wanted to fall asleep in the car, which he did. Full nappy, no lunch. Uh. And I dropped him at school and he sleeps until two. So it's just nobody, it's one of those nobody gives a shit moments. And it's if I had to phone someone and cry, they would probably be like, it's it's fine. There are bigger problems in this world. Can you just get over yourself, woman, and just move on? Stop again with the, be kind to yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. It's not an issue. But of course, I felt like shit in that moment. My kid who may be colorblind didn't get a proper lunch and uh, his nappy is full and he might get a rash from this nonsense and he is going to wake up and be super hungry and you feel like absolute absolute shit and I just I know other moms feel this way and that's why I'm telling you this Um, and before I get to my um, how you're kicking ass. How I'm kicking ass. I'm gonna th- I still need to think about that. <laughs> oh, over and above that, I think what you said about when you can finally put your feet up and you get the flu. Well, I've got man flu. <laughs> and in my house, it's me who gets the man flu, not Ray. Ray powers through and his is an absolute charm when he's sick. Like you hardly even know that he's sick. It's me. I just need downtime and I feel like I'm dying and I just need oh, <laughs> need a bed and need to raise my head and of Switch course you the know world while you, you can't just, you can't do that yeah. so I'm just I'm feeling very sorry for myself <laughs> I'm feeling sorry for you too <laughs> if it helps um so listen I um have a mom as well who also has a don't nobody gives a shit moment about why she felt guilty have a listen over this past weekend we were visiting my in-laws baby had to have a nap she fell asleep put her down in my in-laws spare room and they have a like a sliding door in the in the room that goes outside onto the patio but we couldn't find the key for it and i couldn't leave the door of the room open 
um, because we are loud people and she wouldn't have been able to sleep. So I closed the door thinking, I'll hear her if she cries. We then are outside having a good old time, having some apple pie, chatting, and I hear this noise that sounds kind of like a hearty dog, but very high-pitched, and I immediately know it's baby. So I ran to the room, opened the door. She'd woken up and was sitting in the middle of the bed, sobbing with her dummy in her mouth. She's only nine months old. And she was like, going like, (laughs) because she'd gotten so upset that she woke up and cried and no one was there. Now, we don't do cry it out. So she's not used to having no one respond. And she was so distraught that it actually, she refused to go to anyone except husband and me. And... It took a lot of calming down. She didn't want to be put down because she was so... I felt so guilty. I actually nearly cried. I felt so bad that I'd left her to cry in a room and I didn't hear her and I didn't respond. You awful, awful human being. And you know what the worst part is? <laughs> is She probably just woke up feeling a bit groggy and was a bit confused about where she was. And so, yes, yeah, she cried. But And probably takes a bit of time to console. But the worst part is you think, how long has she been crying? How long have I not yeah. heard it? What if she fell off the bed? I've or been whatever. there. I've been there where I, uh, Ray put the monitor, the like angel care monitor on the volume on a little bit softer than usual. And I slept through it. And I hit him when I woke up. And I was just, this is your fault. How long do you think he's been crying like that for? Oh and he just took the punishment. And the worst part is they're fine. They're okay. They're fine. So listen, she cried. It's okay. You haven't fucked up your child. <laughs> or scarred her. Or scarred her for life. I don't think. I, I think Elijah's fine. He doesn't even know that he didn't eat properly on Monday. Exactly. It's okay. How am I kicking ass? Um, I yeah. don't know, Charlene. You don't know how you're kicking ass. (laughs) Let's try to see the silver lining. You are managing to put together, um, you're managing to attend meetings while you're feeling terrible. You're managing to record this podcast with me. Yes. While uh, you're feeling terrible. And you are even managing to put things into perspective about Elijah's potential Potential kind of color blindness. So those are all wins, in my opinion. You're not falling apart about any of these things. And that is kicking us in and of itself. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to help you here. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I think just the just keep swimming notion will apply here. And also that we got some really nice feedback about what we're putting out here. So you're kicking us in that area. Yes, I did. Thank you, guys. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We got such great response from our Maintenance Night episode. That's how we're kicking us. Yes. I'm kicking us by hitting the right notes. Exactly. Okay. Day. (laughs) You know, I just, we are profiling a mom today. And the reason why I'm doing it is to put a lot into perspective. I don't want to diminutize and make make um, small, make light out of uh, people's problems and how I felt on Monday or how this listener felt when she found out that her child was crying and she didn't know for how long. Because in that, that she moment, felt abandoned. it's very bad. You feel terrible. It's shit. 
I, I had a moment like that this week as well. I cried myself to sleep. Yeah. And it was, a, it was really a non-event, but you do cry yeah. about it. So I don't want to make light of that, but I do want to put things in perspective with regard to certain women who are like also kicking serious some, ser- some serious ass and um, making things work despite um, serious hardship. And challenges that they've had to face, yeah. Yeah, so um, really we um, are chatting to real life, rechte echte moms, and our first is today, and I'm super excited about this interview, so stay tuned. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. So, Charlene, our guest today is no stranger to The Great Equalizer. Nope. Philippa is a dear friend, and she inspires us daily. She's been through a lot, and she lives to tell the tale. This Power Mom listeners is a registered counsellor who works with children through play to identify, understand, and manage big emotions, as well as develop positive life skills. She's also a published author who's putting her own steps in place to make her dreams come true. As we said, she's an inspiration to us and she's on the line because we believe she'll inspire you too. Welcome, Welcome Philippa. Philippa. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. No pressure. <laughs> you, you, you have the big shoes to fall here. There's no pressure if it's all true, <laughs> yeah, <Phil>. exactly. <laughs> which it is, so don't stress. You just do you. <laughs> do you, boo. Exactly. exactly. Uh, there's one question I didn't prepare you for, but I think it's quite easy uh, to answer. We want to know um, who lives in your house. Ah, so I live with my daughter, Aurelia, who is turning three in April. Um, so it's just the two of us doing girl power at the moment. Oh, there's another one. You're missing a, a single soul. I know which one you're missing. Oh, a little sorry, Lola. Baby. Lola yes. the kitty cat. How could you forget? <laughs> How could you forget? Dear well, human. Well, she is the third power. Yeah, the third power of our girl power. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to profile you as a woman with many, many dimensions. You are a mom, a counsellor a children's book author, and a chronic optimist. <laughs> I love that about you, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the optimism, I'm assuming, because I only recently met you, as in we've known each other for about a year now, um, I feel it's intrinsic to you. You can correct me if I'm wrong. If you've worked on it, good for you. Um, the other stuff, though, only came later. So for those moms out there and for our listeners listening, talk to us about where you started out in your adult life because you haven't always been a counsellor. No. So, yes, chronic optimist. I think I get that from my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had our ups and downs, you know, as we do as people, but um, I always have the, the mindset that life does get better. It doesn't matter what you're going through, but that somehow, some way, you will make it through. Um, that's nice. So my no, adult, nothing's ever permanent, so that's a nice that's a nice sentiment. Yeah. Um, for my adult life, I I left 
school and I, I studied speech therapy at um, UCT for a year, but I was terribly depressed and terribly homesick and I went back to Margate um, and decided that I quite enjoyed my psychology module mm-hmm. and I decided to carry on with the psychology studies through UNISA um, and really found my calling. So I really enjoyed understanding people. Um, and I did my BA degree and my honours degree in psychology and then I got an opportunity to do my internship um, with brain-injured individuals, so a bit of neuropsychology background. Um, and then I had this wonderful opportunity with a clinical psychologist to work with her in her practice. And I was there for about five years. Um, and through seeing so many different clients with so many different backgrounds and, and for different purposes, I found that the kiddies really touched my heart. So um, I tended to focus more on the play therapy side of things. Um, and I branched out into my own practice in 2017, um, primarily focusing on children. Um, and I think that also tied in with my own journey of becoming a mom. And that is where I find myself, that I, I just want to be surrounded by children all day. <laughs> so, so talk to us about, about your journey to become a mom. You started your own practice 2017, but uh, prior to that, you had Aurelia, but that wasn't smooth sailing either. No, not the easiest journey. Um, we had tried for about a year to fall pregnant, you know, through the usual ovulation tests and the apps and the tracking and the Clomid and all of those lovely things, that whole roller coaster, and it just wasn't working. So our gynae referred us to a fertility clinic. So off we trotted to the fertility clinic, um, only to be told that I had stage four endometriosis and polycystic ovaries. And that husband husband swimmers were lazy. So... So then we went on our various treatments. Um, I had to have an operation, so I had um, a laparoscopy um, to remove the endometriosis, and there was a septum in my uterus that they removed. And about a week after the op, I started vomiting, and I thought, oh, my gosh, they've ruined me. Um, Something (laughs) terrible has gone wrong. And I was sick for a week, and they gave me some um, antibiotics for a bladder infection, and it still didn't clear up, and I was just vomiting five times a day. And after about 10 days, I went back to the fertility clinic um, by myself because I was being treated for a bladder infection. And um, the gynae said, oh, well, let's just do a pregnancy test. And I laughed and I said, oh, I messaged my husband and I said, well, he's doing a pregnancy test. Wouldn't that be amazing? (laughs) And he replied and said, well, that would save us a lot of money. (laughs) And, and 10 minutes later, yeah, 10 minutes later, I had a positive urine test. And I had that moment in your life where I had to actually sit down. And I just, <laughs> the nurse said, she showed me this pregnancy test and it had two lines in it. And I said, what does that mean? <laughs> and she said, you're, you're pregnant. And I was like, how? <laughs> well, uh, Philip, let said, me well, explain to you how know. <laughs> And I said, well, I know how. I mean, I was there. But um, <laughs> it was a bit of a surreal phone call with my husband to say, are you ready to be a dad? And he was like, why? And I said, well, we're pregnant. So it was a very surreal moment in our lives. Um, didn't really get much easier because when I then vomited between five and seven times a day for eight months. Um, no, and it, yeah, it was terrible. Um, and then we had our miracle baby on the 5th of April. And... She is, yeah, like I said, almost three. Um, 
not an easy baby either. We had lovely reflux and all sorts, but yes, you know, yeah. you deal with what you're given. <laughs> and now she's a, a she is a sunshine child. We call her a sunshine child here on Equalizer. But she's also yes. super easy, isn't she, Phil? She, um, you know, comes to you when you need her to, and she eats when you want her to eat, and she <laughs> sleeps when, when darling on toddler, cue, isn't it? On cue, she I sleeps. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're talking about the same child. <laughs> oh, she isn't a sunshine child, but... Um, she can she be a terrorist. definitely has her own personality. And, you know, in my play therapy, I never talk about terrible cues. <laughs> um, I only talk about challenging boundaries and fostering independence That's, and establishing oh, their own opinions. That is Which so is a very cool. nice way of saying. <laughs> You're driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So on average at the moment, it's taking me about two hours to get her to sleep. Oh um, because, you know, life is just so much fun with mommy that we need to read all five stories and have Milo and juice and water and a cheese sandwich and you know I used to think that those were jokes but the whole toddler the toddler mentality is that they want what they want when they want it yeah so you just have to kind of go with it. <laughs> Aurelia and Josh are not uh, very far apart. Josh was born in January and Aurelia was born in April and I am going through let me just say Josh is has been trying to establish boundaries a lot lately. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, Paul. Um <laughs> We can laugh about our, our hilarious toddlers all day long, but there is yeah. a, a crux that we need to get to in this. Because um, as if things weren't crazy enough for you. For after a hard pregnancy, you had a, a bum drop on you. When things are kind of supposed just, to get easier. Yeah, just when you thought you <laughs> had a handle on this thing. Yes. So, I mean, having a baby is not easy. I don't need to tell you ladies this, but... Um, I think the first two years of having a child is just with your husband, your relationship, it's just, it really turns it on its head. And um, I thought that that's what we were going through, um, but it turned out to be a bit more serious than that. And about a year ago, Aurelia's dad had come to the conclusion that he wasn't feeling as happy as he used to and that he wasn't um, happy about continuing in the marriage, so we separated. Um, so Aurelia, <laughs> Aurelia wasn't quite two yet, um, and it was fifteen years of my life that was just ripped out from under me. And just um, like that, just like that. Listen, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Phil. If you hear mm -hmm. a noise, it's not feedback; it's just pouring down with rain here by us. Yeah, uh, and for the listeners' oh. sake as well, that noise you're hearing is not someone snoring or <laughs> using a, a tumble dryer or something. No, we the, just had the rain, so it's made its way to you. It's made its way to <laughs> our side of town, and this—it's um, almost like the weather outside is matching your story. Yes, when, it's every pouring time I hear down. It, every time I hear it, I just like my, obviously I'm putting myself in your shoes as well, and that's that's a heavy bomb to. I, honestly, every time I think about it, and and oftentimes, all the times that you and I have discussed it, I always, I just think to myself, how, excuse my French, the fuck do you deal with that? I don't, I don't know. Please enlighten us. I mean, where did, how did that even go down? You know, for him, I mean, the courage uh, for him to have come to you and 
and told you that knowing firstly. how knowing the situation that you're in i mean it's easy to <clears throat> we're saying okay you're in this place and as a woman it must be difficult but also from his perspective he had to know that at some point I'm going to have to tell this woman that this is where I'm at and I don't want to be here anymore and that is going to break her. Mm. So, t- talk, so I mean, take us through that moment. Take us back to that, yeah. to, that, to that conversation, probably the hardest conversation of your life. Yes. So, you know, he gets a lot of slack for being the guy who left his wife and his two-year-old. Um but it wasn't, I'm quite philosophical about life, but in my private practice, in my personal life, with my friends, with anybody, I will always encourage you to do what makes you happy. Mm. And life is too short to be living something that is not right for you. So if I look at him as the man, he made a decision in his life that what he was living was not what he wanted. And that sucks for me. You know, it sucks that his happiness wasn't with me. Mm. But... I also, after spending 15 years of my life with him, still want the best for him. So I could say to him, you need to do what's going to make you happy. And I was very firm with him that day. And I said to him, you need to decide what you want, um, but you don't stay with me for Aurelia. Mm. So I believe that I do need to be someone's priority and someone's first choice, and I value myself enough to be able to say that. And that you deserve um, to be someone's everything, or some, yeah. someone's the person that makes them happy. You deserve that. Yeah. And I said to him, you will never lose Aurelia. She will always be yours. Um, so take that off the table. But I, I can't be the second best. I can't be the one, you know, the, the settling. So that, the thought of being someone's idea of settling was just too much for me. So I said to him, you know, you need to do what you need to do. Um, We went for counselling, well, um, and then he continued with his own counselling and, um, you know, after six months, it was still quite clear that um, we weren't going to make it work and we then started having the big divorce discussion. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is an ugly word. I mean, it's got horrible connotations. And it that, always um, um, it, there's always an underlying assumption of a fight, isn't there? Yeah. That there's that a me ugly. against you or you yeah. against me and that somebody did something yeah. wrong. Yeah, you want someone to be the villain. You want someone to blame or like push this, yeah. this unhappiness onto or just find a yeah. reason. Yeah. And that's the thing. For us, it wasn't ugly. There was no cheating. There was no abuse. There was no drugs. There was no... There was actually nothing to pinpoint it onto except the fact that we met when we were 19 and we spent 15 years together and that we weren't the same people anymore. Yeah. And yes, you think to yourself that you'd like to grow together through that time in your life, but sometimes you don't. Um, and sometimes you end up wanting different things. Um, and I think we're both mature enough to look at each other and say, look, you, you need something that I can't give you um, and that I hope that you find that. I have to um, ask you this, Philippa, though, from your, mm. and you can answer in your personal opinion or, or as uh, your professional opinion or whatever, just give me something here because <laughs> Sam has been with her husband since she was very young and I, yeah. only, I only met my husband when I was much older and so our relationship started later and um, 
honestly, if I were to look back at my life thinking that I would have been uh, ended up with one of my partners from when I was younger, it probably wouldn't have lasted. But if I'm from my point of view, I'm thinking so in 15 years time. How, how what, if, what if that happens to me? Because so what I'm trying to clear out is it, we're not or you're not saying or it's not to say that if you've been together for a very long time, that after 15 years, you're going to grow apart and want different things. This is just the way that it went for you. Yeah. Because to me, no, I, it's not. it scares the daylights out of me. And when, you, <laughs> and when you went through this all this time ago and when we discussed it, it made me question so many things in my own relationship. It scared me so much. Because if it can happen yeah, to you, Phil, it can happen to yeah. anybody, <laughs> you know? I know, but it's it's, so it's everybody is so different and every relationship is so different. So there are those people that you know that have been married for 40, 50 years and they are stronger now than they were before. Um, I'm, like I say, I'm very philosophical about life, so I've still got time to do that with someone. So That's if I meet true. someone tomorrow, I can still spend 40 years with them. Just the, it doesn't mean that just because it didn't work out with with us, it's that not happening that's for you. What ever a general again. relationship mm. happens, yeah. Mm. And from a psychological point of view, there are well, there is a theory that there's five stages of a relationship. So the first stage is your meeting and romance and you know chivalry and all of that lovely stuff. And the mm. second phase is when you get really serious and you settle down and you get married. And the third phase is when you have children. And guess where? Most people tend to get divorced during the third phase yeah. because it's so stressful and it just changes everything that you know about that. Oh, so it changes you, you as a person. Through, Becoming a parent changes you as a person, yeah. I mean, we've just had our Maintenance Night 2.0 episode following Valentine's Day where we chatted yeah. about the difficulties of rekindling and and that's just from a physical point of view. And reconnecting with your partner mm. post-children. So, yeah, it is a, it is a challenge in itself. Not, not mm. if you. I mean, if that's if you just consider that part of your life, not even what's happening career-wise in your life, and yeah, it just mm. all impacts. So yeah. the, I have a question. Sorry, a question that I want to throw in here. So while all of this was happening to you, and you are looking at it from, thank God you have the, I think the, the, the professional background that you do, because I suppose it would have helped a little bit, but didn't you have like a tug of war between the emotional you and the, your, the brain you that wants to say. Yeah. And the Philippa going like, how dare you? Why wouldn't you want to be happy with me? I'm amazing. Yeah. And you are. (laughs) So take us through that process. Yeah. Well, even today, I still use the phrase, my emotional, my, my heart and my head are not always on the same page. And <laughs> yeah. that happens daily. Um, so, yes, there were times where I cried until I vomited. And I actually thought some very, very bad things. <laughs> mm. um, and then I would, so I, but I was a mom. So I couldn't, I didn't have the luxury of booking myself into a psychiatric clinic for three weeks and crying my heart out. I had to be a mom. So I was a mom during the day and then I cried at night. And then I would wake up in the morning and put my makeup on and be a mom again. Um and go to work and do all the, you know, adult life that you have to do. Um but I think it's always easier to live in your rational brain because that's not where the emotion sits. Mm. But there's always going to be emotion with something like this. You cannot spend fifteen years with someone and not grieve the loss mm. of everything you thought your life was going to be. My two biggest um, concerns for life are, 
am I going to be alone forever? Mm. And am I ever going to have more children? Mm. Um, because I always wanted more children. And, you know, the thought of, of having my, my one miracle baby definitely wasn't part of my plan to just have a single child. So it's, it's all very well to, to sort of accept the, the divorce process and the loss of the relationship. But there are consequences. There's a lot of things that you have to, to process. I like what you're saying about grieving the loss because if just for our listeners, I mean, if I was listening to this, I would think if I was in a similar position or, um, or I had trauma like you or any kind of trauma like you've gone through, I would probably be asking myself, how do, how did she get through this? Like what, so, which leads us to our next question. What pulled you up? Mm. You're, You're still alive. You're still breathing. Um, yeah. And in my in my opinion, yeah. you're flourishing. What pulled you up out of last year and this situation you found yourself in? And and before you answer, why I think this is so important and why I uh, was so adamant that we had to talk to you is because if there's any listener who's at that low point and crying till they're throwing up and needing to actually book themselves into a psychiatric facility but not having that luxury because you still have to be a mom every day there are women out there like that and i hope someone hears because i want that person to hear what you're about to say well i'll be brutally honest the first thing i did was book a doctor's appointment and that was to review my antidepressants that i've been on for 15 years Um, And just make sure that I was okay because I said to her straight, I cannot fall apart. I cannot have a breakdown. I have a two-year-old. And we reviewed what I was on and she gave me some anxiety meds because at that point I was having terrible panic attacks. Um, And the worst part for me was that nobody knew. And um, my ex didn't want his family to know or anybody to know really. Nobody knew what you guys were going through at that stage. No. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was alone with at home with Aurelia for about two months before we told everybody. Um, so it was hard because I didn't, I wasn't able to draw on the support that I thought I would have been able to. Um, so that said, obviously I got the medication sorted out and made sure that I was um, functional. <laughs> and then I. It was a funny experience for me because all the places that I thought I would get support from, those people didn't show up. (laughs) So Uh, the beauty of it was that I got support from very unexpected places. One Monday morning, I picked up at Charlene's house Mm -hmm. to do play therapy with Josh. (laughs) (laughs) To help me, actually. (laughs) Yes. And... um, she said to me, oh, you're looking well. And I said, oh, I've lost five kgs. And she said, how did you do that? And I said, well, I got separated. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I think my, my jaw literally made a yes. sound as it hit the floor. And I had literally lost five kgs in four days because I, the shock factor had just been hectic. It was in the very early days. Um, so people like Charlene put me through. I have one friend who I would literally message the word meltdown. And she would reply and say, 15 minutes, where are you? And she would pitch up and she would have a cappuccino with me and I would do the ugly crying. And, (laughs) you know, she she got me through. And that's why I say if there's anybody who is listening to this, who's in that space, you actually don't need a whole 20 people. 
You yeah. need like one person or two people that you can really be yourself with and be real with and say, I'm having a really bad day. Um, and that's what matters is that just someone can hear you. So that one person that you can reach out to really, really helped me. Um, obviously, I had Aurelia. So waking up for her every morning was my blessing. She gave me the strength to be a mom and get through things and know that no matter what was happening with me personally, if, if I'm with someone or not with someone or divorced or single or green or purple, it didn't matter. I would always be her mother. And I thank God for her every day That's because she literally gave me the, the will to, to get up every day with that little smiley sunshine face mm-hmm. and get through the day. Um, and then positive projects. You know, I was talking with someone over the December holidays who's also been feeling a bit down, and I said, find something that you can focus on that draws your time, but that's productive. So in her case, she enjoys sewing, um, and she has been doing some sewing projects, and for her, that keeps her, her mind occupied, and it's positive, and it's, um, it's a nice focus. Um, for me, it was writing my book. Um, I decided, well, hell, if everything's going to fall to... Pieces, I'm going to make something good about a good come of it. Um, and I wrote three of my first children's books in three consecutive nights while I was lying in bed with Aurelia. <laughs> <laughs> and then I decided, well, if I'm going to write them, I might as well publish them. And I thought, well, why not? So 2018 was my year of why not. <laughs> and I decided, you know, if not now, then when? So that really, really, really helped me through in terms of having something positive to focus on. Um, And I just drove all of that negative, sad energy into something that was going to be good. That's amazing. It is amazing that you managed to find that headspace to think, well, why not? (laughs) Like if you in such a doom and gloom situation, it's very hard to think of possibility and opportunity. So it's great that you forced yourself to do that. I think that's very good advice. Oh, it's that saying, if you say, even if you fall flat on your face, you're still moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a way to look at things. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. Phil, when um, the great equalizer was but a twinkle in my eye, I met with you um, from a journalist's perspective because Charlene had uh, put me onto My Feeling Friends, which is the book series that you have since started publishing as your positive project. And before we go on to discuss uh, Sammy Starfish and his feeling friends, I want to tell you that you looked at me and you're just like, well, okay, this podcast, just do it, Sam. And I was just like, but I I need to have, you know, I need to have all my ducks in a row. I'm an A-type personality planner and I need to, everything needs to be perfect and you just you are one of those people who gave me the courage to just be like just do it I just did it <laughs> <laughs> I was like but you I'm like so who good. helped you organize your book launch and then I did it myself <laughs> you were just like I did it for yeah. myself like every, that whole book launch nobody did it for you nobody published your book for you you went out and you fucking yeah. did it. <laughs> and I was just I like, did it. Well, you know what? You you gave me the courage. So, uh, bravo. I'm and, so good. And thank you um, for that. what you do for me and what you on a, on the daily basis. And um, that's why that's why we're chatting to you because I know I know somebody <laughs> who has a positive project in the back of their heads and has that 
inner child going, no, but what about X, Y, and Z? And I don't, I can't, or, you know, I, I shouldn't. You are that person yeah. going, well, why not? Why not? You know, exactly. so. Why not? Now, my feeling, friends, <laughs> it's, it's um, being featured on Kids Book Club. Um, and it is a staple in my household. Every starfish that comes across Elijah's, um, <laughs> uh, you know, vision, line of vision, he's just like, Mommy, look, Sammy Starfish, Sammy Starfish. Mm. It, it, oh. There is no such thing as just a starfish in, in my no. household. It's, it's a Sammy Starfish. I've got the same. I have to, <laughs> I have to kiss Sammy goodnight every night and I have to talk to him. Mommy, talk to Sammy. Sammy, you've oh. got to look after my Joshua and give him a big hug so that he makes a nice doo-doo every night. Okay, thank you, Mommy. <laughs> I have to talk to Sammy oh. every night. And that's just the first <laughs> in the series. This is just... <laughs> This whole series is amazing and it's such a positive light out of a deep, dark situation. So bravo and congratulations. Thank you. It's Talk. like when, you're, when you think your life is falling apart, it might actually be falling together. <laughs> and that's that fun. Yeah. So, yes. Absolutely. Um, talk yeah. to us about Sammy Starfish is the first in the series and it's about um, learning to deal with sadness. Next up yes. is Freddie the Fox. Yes. So um, it was quite cathartic for me to write children's books about emotions when I was going through the worst time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) um, Naturally, the first one was about sadness, but um, I really does the same. She also says, oh, look, it's a Sammy. (laughs) She doesn't call it a starfish. She calls it a Sammy. (laughs) Um, Fred the Fox is the next one up, and that's about feeling a little bit different to other people. So feeling a bit isolated or lonely um, and about how you can reach out and make a friend. Um, so each of the books deals with a different emotion that children can learn about and learn to manage. Um, and each of the stories in, introduces empathy, which is something that's been huge in my life, that I've always been that person who feels what other people feel. And I think it's so important for children to, for us to encourage that in our children, um, that it's, it's okay to feel what you're feeling, but it's also important to look around you and see is there anybody else that's feeling the way that you're feeling. Um, and could you perhaps connect with them and help them? Um, so we have exciting news that I can't fully um, announce just yet, but we have a publisher. Um, so we have a publisher on board for the My Feeling Friends series. Because Sammy, um, was, um, <laughs> Sammy was self-published. You went ahead and did uh, all yes. of that. Yes, I self-published Sammy and a publisher had a look at it and I uh, pitched the whole idea of the series and they absolutely loved it and they are taking the series on board. So, Amazing. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have at least 24 titles in the series and they're going to be launched every couple of months. Um, so more on that later. But um, Okay, we are, for, keeping, for this year. <laughs> we are keeping our eyes peeled. Did you, honestly, did you yes. think it would result in this when you thought, why not? Let me try it. Did you think 24 no. titles later you would be telling us this story? No, I thought, yeah, I'll do maybe a book a year and it'll just be for my own purposes. And if my family just buy it, then that'll be okay. There'll <laughs> be 10 copies out in the world. So, <laughs> um, I didn't, now I have the, the it's a very um, positive dilemma to be in to think, do I even know 24 emotions? <laughs> <laughs> Great problem to have, yes. <laughs> it's a good problem. <laughs> Jeez, well, but, onwards and upwards. Yeah. This is amazing. Yes. That is incredible yeah. news. And we, 
we are really genuinely keeping our eyes peeled and we will let our listeners know as soon as the news breaks. Uh, Thank you. We will be sharing it with everybody. Yo, that is that is incredible, and it gives me it gives me hope, and I really hope it gives a listener hope. Mm, um, yeah, I wanna I wanna ask you. So before we talk about um, your next uh, uh, adventure, adventure as such, I just wanna yeah. ask you. It's been a, a year down the line now since your life changed. I would say completely, and I just wanna know. And a lot positive, a lot of positive things have happened for you. And do you still hit those really da- deep, dark downers, or do they get a little bit more shallow? The depth of the downers, or do they As not happen oh, yeah, anymore? <laughs> I had a major meltdown last week. <laughs> oh, so they still, still happen. Still. Yeah, mm. no, it's but but. They still happen, but they don't last as long. Oh, that's fantastic. So, and this is, you know, this Good is life. It's, as things happen, you know, Flavio and I have been very open with, we know that there are going to be steps that we take that are going to be hard. So when either of us moves on with someone else, that's going to be hard. Mm. Um, if either, you know, w- what happens one day if he gets married and has another child and I'm still by myself, you know? There's so many things to consider that you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know how it's going to hit you. But you also just have to believe that it will be okay. That brings to mind for um, me, like your first Christmas. That that was a hard one for you. Yes. And there are so many, and your birthday, and there there are so many firsts. And it was just his birthday, and you celebrated that. Yeah. So... And it was just Valentine's Day, but I've always hated Valentine's Day, so that was okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> you see, there's a positive in everything. This year, Valentine's Day was a win for you. Yeah. It really was. It was, actually was, because I got more yesterday from the kiddies at school than I have in 15 years, collectively. <laughs> you see. <laughs> and that's because we just both hated Valentine's Day. Um, but yeah, so I think someone told me that you have to give your life a year and a day after your divorce because by then you will have gone through the Every, first time of everything. The first yeah. time of everything. That's good advice. Yeah. yeah. First Christmas, so, first birthday, you know, first whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I went through our first, so it would have been our 15 year dating anniversary in July last year and I was in the UK with my family. Um, and it was a rough day because that was, that would have been something that I had celebrated and mm. I couldn't because we were separated and I still at that stage didn't know what was happening with us. Um, but then things like my birthday, you know, the first time I woke up in, on my birthday, and I say alone, but I mean with a partner. Mm. Um, so I was still with Aurelia. Yeah. But the first time that you're alone for your birthday, and I I have a bit, a bit of a weird way of having a meltdown about things about a week before they happen. Uh. <laughs> so, I had a major meltdown. Yes, I did. I prepared myself a week before and then I decided, okay, how can I make my birthday a better experience than I'm anticipating? So I decided new traditions. So the day before my birthday, Aurelia Aurelia and I um, baked cupcakes and we decorated them. And then on my birthday, we woke up, we put candles in them and we sang happy birthday for mommy. Um, And I feel like that's going to be our new tradition. So the things that we're dreading don't always have to be awful, um, but it does take a bit of energy to be able to say, okay, how how can I actually make it better? Mm. And so, can like just add, add also yes. make it your own 
And you yes. you put in that effort. You don't sit back and expect somebody else to do it for you. Yeah, because you're yes. making new memories. You're just like, yeah. I mean, for 15 years, your life was yeah. what it was. And so now you have to, I always think of it, it's like losing a limb. Yeah. Because yes. you have to, you can function without it. You just have to learn how to. And this friend of mine who I could message and say meltdown, she said to me, um, if you give cha- give people a chance to step up, they will. And I had the best birthday last year. I was She pitched up at my house and took me out for a pedicure and a glass of wine and dinner and somewhere I'd never been. The following night, I had two different friends take me out for um, the most amazing, like to a little champagne bar and to a movie and all of these things that I would never have done if I was married. Um, and these wonderful girlfriends of mine just, sort of held me and got me through that so people can surprise you yeah, i love yeah, that if you give nice. people a chance mm. to step up they will mm. i love that mm. so talking yeah. about stepping up and stepping out and moving forward tell yeah. us yeah. you are headed to london let's chat about aurelia's <laughs> adventures because this is another thing yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it never stops so much going on in my head i know <laughs> Um, I want to do all the things, this is me. Um, so when I had first thought about writing children's books, the original idea was Aurelia's Adventures. And it was about, um, at that stage, it was going to be like, Aurelia learned to crawl and how she got through that stage. And it was more like a developmental, um, almost like a parenting guide kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Um, but in a fun way. Mm. And then I merged into the Feeling Friends and I decided to run with that. And then over time, I thought, you know what? I actually want to do this really as adventures, but in um, a fun educational way for children to learn about things that they might not have the opportunity to go and see. Mm-hmm. So um, in about December, you know, my uh, really dad and I have been talking about England for a while. We have a connection there. My family's there. And I think we would have made the decision to move there before Aurelia started proper school. Okay. Um, so the divorce maybe just sped up that process a little bit quicker. Um, but I don't that we, we spoke about it in December and we, we both decided that we think it's best for her. So I get a lot of people asking me, you know, how do you, how do, how does Slavia feel about you taking Aurelia overseas? And it's not that at all. It's not me spiting him or saying, you know what, I'm going to live my best life and you've made your decisions and I'm going to leave with your child. There is nothing like that. It, is, it was a very long conversation that we had that we decided we think it's best and she will have the most amazing opportunities in England. My family said it'll be a really lovely opportunity for me to spend some time with my family um, that I haven't been around for, again, 15 years. Um, and I've decided this, this series of Aurelia's Adventures um, is going to be all about her adventures that she goes on. So Aurelia goes to London or Aurelia... Um, visit Scotland where my sister is and there'll be a book for each of these adventures but it'll be a nice way for children to learn about these places in a fun way um, and she will. the illustrations will be about her going to all these different places and a little bit of a history around all of the, the places or the sites that we go to um, and but a lot of fun as well in terms of learning but also these awesome adventures that we go on together that I'm so excited for. That's amazing. But, and when are you headed off to London? I'm simultaneously sad and super stoked for you. 
Yeah, so we'll be on our way on the 2nd of April and we'll be spending Aurelia's third birthday with Grammy in England, who's already on the case with baking her a birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's so, it must be so exciting for Granny also. Yes, very. And London is one of my favourite places in the whole world. Oh, so the thought of taking Aurelia on Tower Bridge and, you know, to the London Eye and to Big Ben and do the whole, whole London tour with her is just a dream come true. So I'm so excited. And we'll get to see all about it in Aurelia's adventures when you do. So if Absolutely, any of, any every of step of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love this documenting your life and it's just, <laughs> it's an interesting life. So it's nice to. Yes. <laughs> and if I may, Phil, our mm. listeners can also follow um, Aurelia's, Aurelia's adventures. adventures on Instagram, right? Yes, they can. We've got a page going. So it's Aurelia's.adventures on Instagram. I'm still setting up the Facebook page and, you know, there'll be a website and all of that. But the exciting part is that the publisher is, has also taken that series of books on board. I was going to so. ask you, I, I didn't want to say anything because maybe you couldn't talk about it, but I thought if I was the publisher, I would. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. This year might see me launching another series of books. I'm super excited. Oh. We are excited to have those books in hand. We are yes. totally on board and we uh, just adore you. <laughs> we really do. Oh. And I know that our listeners, uh, once they hear this story, will too. And I, I just really want to thank you for always being so open and honest. And you are. You're an open book and you mm. wear your heart on your sleeve. And that doesn't go for many people. And I really just, I, we so appreciate you. And I, and I have to tell you this, Phil. I've told you once. I'll tell you again. Uh, we salute you. Mm -hmm. We see oh. you. We see you, and we salute <laughs> you. And you are doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Really, we are in awe of you. Oh, I love you, girls. Oh, love you too, Phil. <laughs> Thanks so much. So, for our listeners, stay tuned to Aurelia's Adventures and uh, have a look at my feeling, friends. If you haven't yet, it's it's. I'm so on board with this. Uh, series of books I love it I love teaching kids empathy I love teaching kids how to deal with emotions and just improving society's EQ in general is something I'm all about and um, Phil all the best on your London adventures thanks ladies Sure, Charlene. <laughs> so that was quite it's, a story. It's always such a shock to my system. You know, I think when we first spoke, you know, about Philippa's situation, not necessarily gossiping, but just sharing like, oh, I met Phil and oh my God, her story. Mm. And you said to me, I know, I just like, I mean, what do I do? Do I do I have more sex? Do I do the things? Do I like shut up and not complain to my husband? Like, what do I do? You do. You start questioning every decision, as I'm sure she, when it when she went through it, probably also did. Like, how did I not see this coming? Or what could I have done differently? And it, I mean, it's great that they went for counselling because they probably unhashed all of those things there as yeah. well. But which is different for every couple, obviously. Exactly. Which is also something to like. 
and and let's sink in. Just yeah. coming off the back of our Valentine's Day episode where we were talking about rekindling that connection and intimacy, and it's not always about intimacy. Also, because if you if you listen to her story, it, it and you have no damn control over it, Sam. What I found, I mean, the, we can talk about our takeouts. I've, I've, I've got some notes that I want to share <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> at the risk of sounding like a, a pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that you it's different for everyone exactly like she says and as moms we have so much going on for us already and we get preoccupied and so this is just one more thing for me um that makes me think sure i gotta i gotta have my wits about me to to try and at least see it coming (laughs) but you but but you might not you might not you might not and you can't blame yourself for that and you can't question you can't live in fear is what i'm trying to say because i have a tendency to my personality type is to just go into this catastrophic thinking mode when things like this happen prepare for the worst yes yeah because then at least i'll be prepared if it hits me hard i know i'm gonna hurt and i know it's gonna be sad but i will i will be prepared for it and you can't, because life happens. Just like you can't when someone passes away suddenly, prepare for it. You can't. Can I add to that and say, this is just, it just cements for me how important it is, firstly, to tell people's stories, and secondly, to tell your own story. Mm. And, and why I say that, I know that there are some people in the world who don't necessarily wear their heart on their sleeves. It's not they're not as comfortable with sharing, sharing. especially when it comes to personal things. And I have to say that's okay. Mm. I might not fully understand it um, because I am more an extrovert I suppose than I am an introvert. Um, I don't think you're always one or the other, mm. but I think I do I wear my heart on my sleeve. I share my story and I like to tell people when I'm upset so that they understand Mm. why I'm behaving in a certain way. Um, And I have to say, like, this, it helps me so much. And uh, it helped me yesterday in a situation where I was having a business meeting. Like, it was, it's a group of, it's a networking group of uh, mostly women. It's not only women, but in in yesterday's meeting, we were just women. And there was one mom who had come back from sort of self-induced maternity leave. She works for herself, so you have to kind of set those boundaries. She's on her third child, um, and her second is Elijah's age, and her first is about four. So she's got three kids under five, essentially. And um, she was coming back, and, uh, you know, you do the obvious, like, oh, how's baby? Where's baby? How are you doing? And she was sitting there like this thundercloud and a little bit moody and I was like what's your deal why (laughs) why are you sitting here hello you're back like let's you know chat and she was just she was a bit moody and I was like oh then we kind of we have like a icebreaker question as you do in certain meetings and chat about how your business is doing uh, what you're proud of what you're not proud of and we got to her and she burst into tears. Oh, shame. Yeah, and it was such an eye-opener for me that I'm going, wow, why did I think negatively? Like, hey, check, get out of your headspace. Why are you such a thundercloud? Like, hey, this is positive. Like, be cool, be happy. And, and you can't. And mm. it helped for her firstly to share a story. And then it also made me realize, like, 
not judgy, Sam. Hello. This mm-hmm. is what you preach. Like, everybody's going through their own shit. So let's also just assume, not that everybody's always going through something shit, but don't assume the worst. Mm. And, you know, always kind of have in mind that everybody has their own story and everybody's going through their own thing. And Yeah, maybe be a little bit more tolerant of uh, others when they seem a bit exactly off or exactly. whatever. So if anybody pisses you off in the near future and you can't explain their behavior, think that they might be Philippa who had a bombshell land on them and just someone just told them, I don't know if I want to be with you mm. and... I don't know if you're going to make me happy for the rest of my life. Think that you might, that that person might be this mom who just had to crack and had to share her story in order to carry on. You know, sometimes it does all get a bit much and it's not only you and also it's not always about you. Mm. So what else did we take away from? Tell, share, you wrote all the notes. Share your notes, Charlene. I'll go through what I thought quickly. Um, first of all, I realised that it doesn't matter what... Uh, professional background you have or what line of work you're in or what your plans or ideals or area of expertise are, life happens. I mean, it sounds like a total cliche, but here this woman is, she's a a qualified registered counsellor and severe trauma hit her and she's supposed to be equipped with the tools. I think it probably helped her through her journey because she was able to draw from her area of expertise to cope with it. However, her, brings brings me to my next point. She, she still had to deal with her heart. That was her head. She yes. knows the stuff in yes. her head. She still had to deal with her heart. So first of all, you're allowed to feel those feels because yeah. life happens. And in fact, it's probably advisable that you do feel those feels because you it helps with the grieving process. Um, the next thing was even she had to go and see a professional, didn't have to, but she chose to see a professional, which first it was for the counselling and secondly it was to review um, her, medication. her medication, which is a responsible thing to do. Because and not a shameful thing to yes, do. Yes, because if it helps you to not fall apart and it just helps you to cope with your day, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And another thing that she said when she went through a difficult thing that, that struck home for me was, you don't need 20 people to help carry you through this. If you lean very hard on one or two who step up for you, if you allow them to, yeah. then you will have someone there that can carry you when you need them to. And it's not always the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. That hit me hard and I was just like, yes. Because in your mind you think, okay, well, this one will definitely be there for me and that one will be so beyond my page. But yeah, it might not be that way. It might not. And more often than not, it's not that way. And that's okay. That's also okay. You can't hate on those people because they're not there because everyone has their own. Some people might just not know how to be there for you when something so severely happens in your life. That doesn't mean they love you any less. It just means that they, they can't... They, they can't be there for you because they don't know how to yeah um another thing that was uh quite a a standout for me was um draw from positive things as difficult as it is to find those positive moments for her it was positive projects so um 
I think that's that's a good one because if you're someone who enjoys baking or likes long walks in the park or reading or whatever, however small that positive thing might, you might like gardening or you might like kickboxing. I mean, I could get on board with kickboxing, <laughs> get <laughs> some anger and frustration out and like at least... <laughs> or you shared sweary yoga today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> an, an activity where I can say the F word a lot, then, yeah. then that's positive, you know. So I think it might sound negative, but it's positive because you're it's getting the negative yeah. energy out. <laughs> <laughs> So that was quite a nice one for me. And then um, something else that I took from what she said was you survive for you. You don't survive because you have to or you, you don't focus on these positive projects because you, you have to. Survive for you because you want to. I mean, even though sometimes you probably feel like I'd rather die than go through this. Um, don't think of... I have to get through this and I'm just, it's so hard and, 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 and. Um, you deserve to survive this. Yeah. Again, with the, how we as moms or women um, don't believe that we deserve, are deserving of things. Yeah. Happiness, pleasure, whatever it is. And it's easy in a situation like this to feel like he doesn't want me. I couldn't make him happy. Yeah, I'm good for nothing. I'm good for nothing. But she said that, just because this didn't work for me doesn't mean I don't get to have happiness again in my life. Yeah. Which I love because, yes, she's not jumping at, into the dating pool just yet. Like, I'm going out, I'll be damned. If, yeah. even I'm going to show this guy. Yes, I'm and even if it's everybody. the last thing I do. And if that is what, what you need to do to get there, get back into That's the dating cool pool, yeah. you do you. You just do what you need to do to get through the day, but survive for you. Yeah. Because you deserve to survive it. Yeah. And then last thing is I don't think Philippa realized while all of this was happening to her that she would be such an inspiration to people like you and I, Sam, and probably 20-odd thousand other women that she has encountered on this journey since it happened to her. And it's not, it's not a you're an inspiration to me because I feel so sorry for you that you had to go through this. It's no, like it's, she picked herself up and she saw I look, her worth. I look at that and I'm like, I don't believe in my heart of hearts that I have it in me to do what you've done. And I, I want to I wanna be able to yeah. do, not that it's happening to me now, but if ever I were to be faced with such a challenging, daunting trauma, fuck, I hope I, hope I can get can it. Can I be super cheesy? Yeah. Look at your kids and you get the strength from them. This is true because she said she wakes up in the morning for Aurelia because that is what she lives for. And I just wonder how... I mean, as difficult as it might get, you, you can look at that little face and be like, I need to pull my shit together for you. Because you're just so damn amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to carry on this discussion. Yeah. I want to carry on this discussion and I want you, if you are in a bad place and whether it be where Charlene is at, um, and that's also not to make small or light of where you are, just this unexplained, I'm feeling meh. Mm. Um, I don't know why I'm feeling down, but I'm feeling down. If you're there, or if something devastating has happened to you, leave us a voice note. Yeah. Send us an email. Reach out and tell your story. 
Um, it can be anonymous if you want to share absolutely, with us. Absolutely, yeah. T- uh, that's not an issue at all. We don't uh, want you to put your heart on your sleeve if you don't necessarily want to, but also just draw strength from us, the women around you, and from a story like Philippa's. You'd never know who you can inspire. Oh, so... so um, Support is important for us, uh, and your support to our podcast is important. So we want to support moms out there, and we want you to carry on supporting us. We're so grateful. It means the world to us. Every like, every bit of love that we get, every comment, every share, uh, please keep it coming. It makes our hearts warm and happy. Yeah, not only that, it just helps us do what we want to carry on doing so please don't forget to review us on apple podcasts or rate us on facebook uh dm us that voice note on instagram at the great equalizer podcast record one on your phone and hit us up over email the great equalizer.za at gmail.com honestly it's yes it's to keep us going and keep us afloat but we're doing this also to keep this community afloat exactly to to inspire more people and the more we're seeing the better this podcast will do and the better we'll do for you and who knows what kind of topics we can endeavor into so guys that's it for this week until next time keep keep your your mom mom game strong during bath time my little boy looked up to me with wonder in his eyes and goes mommy what are these i looked at him and said what are what matt he goes these in my hand i looked down and he's busy um playing with his testicles like little marbles and he's asking mommy what are these moving in here (laughs) so i told him that they were testicles and he wanted to know um if he could take them out because he didn't want testicles in his body. <laughs> For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you.